Well, hello everyone. We're back for the Sunday evening Bible study. It's about 6.37 and um, we had a wonderful time at Gene's celebration and saw a lot of our people there and we were very appreciative of that. And uh, a wonderful send-off. I think everybody that spoke did a tremendous job. Well, we're going to go to part two tonight of... uh, when love loves me, and we want to welcome on our podcast, uh, Mike Springston FFC, where we coach you in the word. We want to remind you that you can contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministry.com, and um, ffcma.org, and through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. We look forward to hearing from you. We appreciate all those of you from around the country and around the world who are downloading our material, hopefully studying along with us and possibly using it in your own ministry. Well, let's look into part two of When Love Loves Me. From John 15, 9 through 12, as the Father had loved me, So have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, even as I have loved you. Now, we left off this morning talking about what Jesus was speaking of in John chapter 14, verse 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe in me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now, some would say that the works that he did were the outward works that represented the love of God to the people, and of course that would be true. But there were works that Jesus did that changed the entire course of history. These were not the gifts that he gave to Israel while he was with them. His works that we know we can do began at the cross. Every believer could surrender themselves to that work. Why is that? Because all the works that he did for Israel are produced for all mankind through these works. Once entered into these works will manifest relational love because sin and death will be defeated. The work that he did will come through your system of belief, the process of believing on him. My friend, this process is the process of surrendering to love. It's the process of surrendering yourself. 
Paul said it best. He says, for I am crucified with Christ. I live. Nevertheless, not I, but Christ lives in me. Now, Paul is sharing that with us to say to us that we can go in and through the very love of Jesus Christ and that we can become that love. We can process that love. Listen to how we put it. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, the process of love comes from your belief system in being able to surrender to him. John 3.16 says it well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth. There you go. It is the process whereby mankind is to enter into the love of the Father and the Son. It's the process whereby we will be loved equally by the Son. It's the process in the economy of God and the plan of God for man to be brought into oneness with both the Father and the Son. When we exercise the works of Jesus through our belief system, Jesus gives us love that is in equal measure to the love that the Father gave him. Now, when we go to the cross and we stop there, we never experience the tomb, we never experience the deliverance and anointing that comes from the resurrection, and we never press into being a member of the priesthood. Well, my friend, it's, it, it, there is no process that has been produced or performed in you that allows you to experience the equal measure of the love of God. Well, I see my friend Alan Vanderveen. Al, I hope you're doing good. We, we love you and hope everything is going good for you. And I know you all probably got some snow. Bless God, we didn't, and I'm thankful that you got it. You're more aware and accustomed of it than we are. This love establishes us with a love that gives us the ability. Now, I want you to hear this. Because we go through the process, the cross to the tomb, to the resurrection and the deliverance and anointing there, and into the tabernacle as a priest, because we follow that process, we are given and it is produced in us the ability to do exactly what the Father allowed Jesus Christ to do. But if we don't do the works that he did, then we will never experience the measure of love, the unity of the faith, and the full measure that is in Jesus Christ. When we experience this love, the depth of this love, 
Now, let me say this before I move any forward because the Holy Spirit stops me here. The church world does not experience the depth of God's love. We don't experience it. We experience the tip of God's love in what he did at the cross. But because we are not taught that love loves me, and the process that Jesus took is a work that not only can we do, but we should do, and that Jesus told us to in John 14 when he said, the works that I do. Now we got caught up in healing, in faith, in miracles, and all of those things, thinking that that is what Jesus must have been referring to. But Jesus said, the works that I do, you'll do also. Then Paul turned around in Galatians 2 and 20 and said, huh, I'm crucified with Christ. The work that he did. Then he said, nevertheless, I live. I'm crucified with him. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. See, Paul is telling us that there is a work that Jesus did. The crucifixion was the first one. Then he said, nevertheless, I live. Well, what's living? He's living in his flesh, but his flesh is not rebelling against God. Why is that? Because he's been to the tomb and he's been to the resurrection. He said, oh, in Philippians 3, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. Ah. Then I believe Paul wrote about the priesthood in the book of Hebrews. We don't know that for certain, but it looks to me like it's Paul's writing. So Paul has defined for us how to get into the process of experiencing the love of God, not topically, but in depth. If we remain at the cross, we're going to cycle around our guilt and our sin. This love establishes us with a love that it gives us the ability to do exactly what the Father allowed Jesus to do. We can see, hear, and do, and have greater results, larger, more encompassing results than he did, and he said we would, because he went to his father. Now what happened when he went to his father, Pastor Mike? Well, he was given the exalted name of Lord, and everything that had a name bowed before him. The Son and the Holy Ghost have been exposed for us to immerse ourselves into the love of God. Now, what is the point of immersion? That's the question. What is the point where the believer enters into the area where the love of God is manifested? Is it at the cross? No, but it begins there. Is it at the tomb? No, but it is headed towards the love of God, the depth of the love of God. Now, 
Is it in the deliverance and the emerging from the resurrection? No, that's not all of it, but we're very close. Is it in the tabernacle where Jesus spread the blood? Yes. The process has come to a culmination in the tabernacle. The believer has arrived in this process of the experiencing of all of the love of God. The journey has come to a conclusion in the tabernacle. Here we are called, now watch this, according to Hebrews chapter 2, we are called the sanctified brethren of Jesus Christ. Now we are exposed to the total value of the equality of love. He who sanctified has sanctified us and calls us brethren. The value of love. We are sanctified as he is. We have walked out of sin by believing on what Jesus did at the cross. We have buried the flesh with him in the tomb. We have been resurrected, delivered, and the keys of death and hell are now in his control and we are in him. We have come to the tabernacle where the blood is sprinkled and we have become priests. The journey of sanctification. Now the love of God, the equality from the immersion point Four steps is given to us. The Father's love for Jesus is equal now to Jesus' love for the follower. Someone said, I don't believe that, Pastor Mike. I just think if I go to the cross, I get it all. You can think whatever you choose. I would not try to think, change your thinking. I would simply ask you to look at your world that has been taught that as the mechanism and see if that alone has changed the direction, the atmosphere, and the environment of the world you live in. No, no, friends. We have to come to a conclusion. We've been missing something. Somebody ain't been telling the whole story as they used to say when I was a kid. Somebody hasn't been divulging all of the truth. Love has a depth. Love has a starting point. Love has a moving point. Starting at the cross, moving the flesh into burial. Love has a deliverance point where Jesus came out victoriously anointed, and love has a point in time when every ordinance of handwriting that was ever against you has been blotted out because of what happened in the tabernacle. Now, the Bible said, I didn't say it, the Bible said, he who is sanctified has sanctified us and calls us brethren. That is the point of immersion. That is the point where the love of God that is equal to the, uh, what the Father had for the Son and now what the Son has for us. Why is that, Pastor? Because we have become priests. Why is that important, Pastor? 
because he is the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. We have become priests under his watchful eye. We have become priests under his rulership. We have become priests in the economy of God. Sanctified priests. Yeah. The process is a journey, my friend. It's not an event. It's a process. We've wanted to make the cross the process and the event. But Jesus did more than just go to the cross. And there were reasons for it. We're called sanctified brethren and now we have equal love. We become a member of the royal priesthood and the status of relational love is released upon everyone that comes into the knowledge of that truth. Sanctified into the priesthood. As Paul said, we become accepted in the beloved. Why is that? Because we have come into oneness. We're in oneness with the Father. We're in oneness with the Son and we're in oneness with the Holy Spirit. We have, be, we have been accepted in the beloved. Now we know that the beloved has more places and more promises than just us being accepted there. Because Paul said we were seated then in heavenly places. What caused that, Pastor Mike, when we came under his lordship? Now we went from being just accepted in the beloved, being welcomed into the beloved because we are priests and sanctified, to operating under the kingdom of his dear son as, as he is Lord. But there is yet another place. That is the promise. The promise is the place where the Holy Ghost is released. And when the Holy Ghost is received, guess what happens? Jesus speaks directly to us. He does all of the things he told us in John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 he would do. We are in oneness at that point with the Father. We are totally immersed in the love of the Father. Why? Because we have found the mechanism to follow after Christ. Paul said, don't follow me. But imitate me as I follow Christ. Hmm. We found the full picture of love that loves me. Now, it happened, our love access happened the moment he sprinkled the blood on the coals of fire that were burning on the altar of incense. And when the smoke rose out of that and the smell that came from it was released through the top of the tabernacle made without hands, we were included. How did we get included, Pastor? We believed. We imitated and followed Christ. We walked with Christ. We went from the cross to the tomb to the resurrection and to the tabernacle. 
Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6 says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the blood. He's made us loved with equal value to Jesus. The smoke had one smell, and it was the smell that included any, any individual who would believe on what Jesus Christ had done. Well, what is that, Pastor? The work. The work that he had done. What work had he done? He had raised the sick. He had healed the sick. He had raised the dead. He had fed the 5,000. You aren't going to do any of that until you come by the way of the cross, the tomb, the resurrection, and the tabernacle. You won't do any of those works until you do the works that change the course of your spiritual history. Yep. When you do, you become accepted and loved. You want to know why we're so weak? You want to know why we're so sickly? You want to know why we preach and have revelation and knowledge that appears not to work? Because we have stayed where we were. We have stumbled around the mountain time and time and time again. We have heard the same old preaching and teaching and doctrine. The same old message from the same old mouth that has no power, no understanding of truth, no ability to take the word of God and see that there was a reason the scripture taught us about the tomb and the resurrection and him being the high priest and sprinkling blood in the tabernacle made without hands and his lordship and him being the man in the Godhead bodily of whom Paul said, you are complete in him. We have now come into the idea, the understanding of what acceptance means. Now what do we do? Well, we simply continue in His love. We follow His words, His logos. Now this is a point of contention, my friend, but you must understand this. The world is indoctrinated into following what the words of the Bible say. Someone would say, what's wrong with that? Uh, nothing. Nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. But there is something more. You can follow His Word, which is Logos. These are the things that we know that He said and that we can read of which we can attribute these statements directly to Jesus Christ. But there is something greater. It's called rhema. These are the utterances that come from the throne room of God. These are the revelatory instructions that Jesus promised that he would give to those who love him who were willing to love one another and were willing to love others. He promised you rhema. He said, I will guide you, I will lead you, and the Holy Ghost would speak. 
and he wouldn't speak of himself. He would speak what I tell him to speak, but he ain't there. So there has to be a spiritual mechanism and a depth of love of which we saw operate in Jesus Christ because of the love of God, his Father. So if Jesus said, my Father loved me, and as he loved me, I'm going to love you, then there had to be a mechanism of communication between the Father and the Son, which was the Holy Spirit, the love of equality go down to mankind, and mankind have an avenue of communication which was the Holy Spirit and is the Holy Spirit, who is the divine promise of God released when Jesus went back to heaven. <coughs> Excuse me. Released when Jesus went back to heaven. Yeah. The divine promise of God released when Jesus went back to heaven. Utterances that come from the throne room of God. From here he speaks things that we need to know and things that we need to do. That's what he does. He speaks things that we must be in understanding of by the rhema word of God. Now, here is the thing we misunderstand when it comes to Rhema and Logos. Rhema, the Word of God, the Logos rather, the Word of God, and Rhema are going to work together. He is going to confirm His Word with signs following Mark 16. Logos is not standalone. Rhema is not standalone. They work together. He brings us the revelatory understanding of what the Logos and what the will of God in heaven is doing that we need to have manifested in our life. The combination of the two is where the operation of the Spirit of Truth resides. The Spirit of Truth operates in both the Logos and the Rhema. This is what Jesus is teaching us at his last message, friends. It must be understood for the church to stop floundering in programs and process, or as they want to call it, systems. The system for developing the church is clear. It has been provided by Jesus, and when we understand the teaching of Jesus concerning the connection of the Word and the Spirit, we will follow the love pattern of Jesus Christ. He will release himself, Jesus, will release himself to love us equally to what the Father and to how the Father loved him. The love pattern will become real for us and as real to us as it was for Jesus. Actually, the love pattern will be Jesus himself. Now watch what I'm about to say. 
Jesus Himself ministering love directly to you from the Godhead. This is what we're missing, friends. We're missing this. We're missing the spoken word of Jesus and we're missing the fact that Jesus wants to minister in you, through you, and to you with as much love as His Father ministered in Him. But we don't want to pay the price to have that happen. We don't want to walk the walk, follow Christ, follow His commands to have that happen. We would rather live in a lesser love. We would rather live in a lesser understanding. We would rather live in a, in, in a doctrine that is far less than the doctrine that Jesus Christ Himself has given to us. We would rather accept rejection of what Jesus Christ Himself has spoken than to accept it, walk in it, live in it, talk in it, and let the love of God work through us to speak and to lead. Yeah, we would much rather do anything than follow the way that is hard. Follow the way that is narrow. We would rather do anything. What I want in my life is Jesus ministering to me. I want Him ministering to me through the Holy Spirit. I want Him ministering to me through the Word of God. I want Him speaking to me every step of every day. I don't want to be without Him. I want to wake up in the middle of the night with Jesus on my tongue. I want to work through the day with Jesus on my tongue. I want to be all day, every day under the direction of the Holy Ghost. Because... That's where Jesus is. That's where Jesus is. Let me say it again. That's where Jesus is. Anybody that lives intentionally absent of the Holy Spirit's direction following the commands of Jesus Christ is rejected the direction of the Son of God trotting on Him and denying the Spirit of grace that God has given you to come into the full understanding of His love of the Son's love and of the Son's ability to love through you oh now pastor that's hard well, study the Word of God because there's a reason that the writer of the book of Hebrews said how great a punishment. How great a punishment can one have who trods on the work of the Son of God and calls that thing that He says is holy to be made unholy oh, and denies the work of the Spirit of grace. My friends, we have a choice in this life. We can be directed by love. We can be delivered by love. And we can have a pure joy in our existence. Jesus said so. He said, 
This is my commandment that you love one another. While I was with them, I kept them. I kept them in thy name. Now watch this. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. None of them is lost, but the son of perdition. Somebody got lost. Somebody who walked with Jesus or thought they did. Somebody who looked like they were with him. Somebody who was there when the 12 and the 72 went out. Somebody who laid hands on the sick. Somebody who was there when Jesus fed the 5,000. Somebody who was there whenever Lazarus was brought forth out of the... Somebody who was there when the demoniac of Gadara was set back in his right mind. Somebody got lost. What made him get lost, Pastor? Well, now you're going to say that the Scripture might be fulfilled. Well, that's true. Look at what Jesus says here. He says, I've kept them by my word. I've cared for them as a shepherd would for a sheep. I've spoken to them what you spoke to me. I've given them what you gave me to give. I've loved them as you loved me. Even with that, there is one that is lost. Even your words could not protect him. Being shepherded by the great shepherd did not keep him. All that your love expressed through me did not solve the calamity, that evil that was placed in his heart. Notice what Jesus says. He says that the scripture might be fulfilled. Isn't that interesting? Even the love of the Father would not go beyond what the prophecy in scripture said would happen. Even the close association of love would not circumvent the actions of a man whose heart was bound and determined to do what was on his mind, what was in his mind, on his heart, even the association of love, listening, hearing, seeing, couldn't change it. Even the preaching of a coming kingdom could not cause a man who was determined to have what he wanted in the moment to turn from what was truly in his heart. So Judas Iscariot was lost. Love couldn't retrieve him. Love couldn't change him. Power over devils could not provide inner peace over his own passions. Was he loved any less? Was he cultivated and nurtured less? No, no. He was there along the entire journey. Someone would say, yes, pastor, but he was the one prophesied to commit such a heinous act. My friend, there are many in Scripture who are prophesied that they would do heinous acts of rebellion, who would seek their own gratification, their own self-will, and their own self-satisfaction above and beyond the will of God who would put themselves and their needs, their wants, their desires, their traditions, and their doctrines ahead of the love of Jesus Christ. Who are they? They're exposed in the story of the unprofitable servant. Listen to what he said. 
For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he uh, shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all of his angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth the sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on the right hand and the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come, ye blessed of the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. My friend, there is joy in this thing if you will just come into the depth of love. But everybody will not be kept. Everybody will not go to the Word of God, the Logos, and the Rhema, the utterance, and live their life under that banner of love. They won't do it. They'll keep their own way. They'll gratify themselves. Even though John 17, 13 said, And now come out of thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy. What was that, Pastor? The joy of the love of the Father and the Son. The joy of the interaction with the Spirit. The joy of the Spirit of grace and the gift of faith. My friend, these are the results of what is manifested when love is found that He loves me. I'll come into the whole depth of His commandments. I'll live under those commandments and He will manifest Himself to me. Joy will be my moniker. Peace will be my proclamation. And I will declare the God of heaven to be my God. And I am His people. Father, I thank You for the Word of God. I pray that You'll open our eyes that we can see in our ears that we can hear in our heart, that we can understand what the Word of God says. Apply it. Let us apply it to our lives. Please, Lord, grant it. Holy Ghost, we send you forth. As a worker, in your strength, dissect the hearts and the minds of those that hear this message until we come to the knowledge of the truth about the spirit of grace and the gift of faith, until we come to understand that we are accepted, we are placed, and we have a promise. And from those positions, Jesus Christ can operate in us, in love, equal to how the Father loved Him. I praise you. I worship you. And I thank you in Jesus' name, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you. I saw a lot of you on here tonight. Linda, Jane, uh, Jane and Ricky, uh, Juliana, uh, Sharon, Al. We appreciate all of you. 
May God richly bless you is my prayer. We'll be back in church on Wednesday night at 645 with Bible study. You don't want to miss it. Uh, join us on podcast. Mike Springston, FFC, coaching you in the word. Contact us as we have uh, instructed you to do. And um, we want you to live in the fullness of the love of God and be complete in Him. May God richly bless you until we speak again.